This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast on Twitch. But you can catch us on Fridays on iTunes and YouTube if you missed the live show. What's up, Twitchers? Hello. That's, that's how the princess That's what we're calling him now, right? Waves. Yeah, that's how Princess the um, yeah, Queen yeah. of England. Yeah. She waves like that, yeah. This is appropriate. That's what I do. Yeah. I actually catch myself doing that because I used to do it as a joke, like in high school. <laughs> but then like, I started really doing it now. So when people are like, I just like, I feel like it's appropriate. When yeah. I ride by on my bicycle, yeah. I wave at the peons. It's very regal. The peons. <laughs> yeah, you know, the proletariat people doing things. Yeah, like, when you kick somebody into the gutter, you're like, ugh. Yeah, stay down. But anyway, we also talk about games mm. and gaming here at Signals from the Frontline. And my name is Reese. And with me are my trusty and loyal sidekicks, Donatello and Michelangelo. I'll take it. I'll take it. Doesn't that make me like the leader? No, Leonardo is the leader. Leonardo's no, leader. you're not Leonardo. Get out of here. Of course blue, I'm Leonardo. Blue means leader. No. You're more of like the rat because you're old. That would still make me in charge because I teach you younglings how to do things. That's fine. But that's you only need us because of your wisdom of the years and years and maybe even centuries. I would say um, Pablo is more Michelangelo. I'd be more Raphael. No, you, you're not. But Frankie can't be Donatello because he doesn't know how to read. Pascal is <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> so that leaves no. Frankie would have to be Raph. Yeah, because he's well. No, then Pablo would have to be uh, Rocksteady because he's a rhino. Yes, yeah. duh. So and you could be. You could be I'll the. Be you could be the fly, Professor sure. Spankman, or <laughs> what's his name? I think it's Spankman. How do you know all that stuff? I used to have every single toy. I have the original, uh, not the original comics. Those are super valuable, but I have the original compilation of all the, the original uh, Eastman and uh, Kirkman. I can't remember it was Eastman and uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the other guy. You know that they created uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles are like at a bar. On and a one napkin. of them drew on a napkin, and then they were living together. It was like the two guys and, their, and the one guy's girlfriend in a one bedroom apartment, and they wrote the original Ninja Turtles together there, mm-hmm. and it sold out. It was an instant hit. Like instant mega hit. Can you imagine that? They're just kids. Uh, Cool story. Anyway, let's move on to the topics of the day. And we have a lot to go over. So a lot of exciting stuff. But make sure to grab your Tyranid Codex. It is up for pre-order. There's also some uh, Codex uh, Tyranid cards. And the new uh, Start Collecting box. Uh, A bunch of really cool stuff in there. You forgot the coolest thing. The War Journals, bro. (laughs) Don't forget to pick up your war journal. Uh, so you, can, you can log your battles against your oh, friends. Oh, the notebook, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a diary of your battles. It's the war journal. I keep it on a shelf next to my GW uh, water pot. Mm-hmm. And, um, the one that says Mephisto on red? <laughs> does it? Yeah. Now that, you have a model I keep that. Use. I keep it. There, that's my special space on my hobby uh, uh, area. I keep my journal. I like to go, you know... Dear Journal, today Frankie beat me in another video battle report and I am sad. 
that's that's what you do in the journal, right? Right. And then I just like you know, yeah. uh, Jason didn't say hello to me today, mm-hmm. and I don't think he likes me. Yeah. What is so, he thinking? So like yeah. honestly, like what do you use those journals for? Like what would you use it for in like, writing a game? Lists? I guess maybe like psychic powers or something. Or? No, you record your the glorious conquests mm-hmm. that you like have. Napoleon. Yes. So that when you die. Future generations will know how your games of miniatures battles in the dark millennium. Dude, that means if you like win a tournament, like these journals are going to be like valuable because you can you could sell them. Bro, it's, this yeah. isn't this is an investment. Yeah. It's, you're not buying an odd product. It's an investment in your future. Yeah, they'll be like, oh man, I could own the world's greatest journal and learn how to be as good as him. I mean, you'll never be as good as me, but. <laughs> It'll help you get closer. Uh, it'll help you become better than Reese, which apparently is not hard. No. <laughs> so I think what you really can use it for is like to psych out your opponent too, like during the game. <laughs> so they look, look them in the eye and just write stuff and then close. It's like it. a psychiatrist. You're like, what are you writing in there? Yeah. What are you writing? But you're really just drawing like no. a big erection. So wait, what is the appropriate writing instrument that you should use for your battle journal? Crayon. Ooh, colored pencil. I dude, the obvious answer is a, a peacock a feather quill. quill. Yeah. But then you need ink. Duh. That's what you use. That's what you use your GW water pot for. In your Mephiston red mug. Uh, like, oh yeah. Right. Sorry you're, guys. You're I'm sure you know what. Up. Somebody's watching this and they're just like, I ordered three of those. Like, uh, <laughs> dick. Yeah. I keep it. They see, do. They do look cool. I'm sure Carl Tuttle. They do look really cool. I, I've got. I've got my my journal next to Clausewitz mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Art of War, mm-hmm. and then my 40k battle journal. They're about the same level of. Uh, do you think Quality. GW employees are forced to use the battle journals <laughs> yes. anytime they go oh, to yeah. a tournament or an event? They're having a meeting and everyone's like, here's your journals. Like, they have to use them. <laughs> They're like, and we'll be checking up on them. You're like, you know, are you bored like, meeting? Like, no. You know what, though? Get that out of here. For the guy... Get your battle journal out. <laughs> get your journal out of here. We don't use iPads in this office. Oh, it's in there. <laughs> Fucking doodles. For the guy that has everything, I bet he doesn't you know have what? a battle journal. Girl, yeah. Girlfriends, if you're, if you're listening to this for whatever reason... Get your boyfriend or your husband. But if you, if, if you do for, buy for it, Christmas. get a picture of the three of us. And buy it from Frontline Gaming. <laughs> on the inside of it. <laughs> no, they'll understand what that means. Uh, uh, just kidding. No, like the Battle Journal, it's a cool book and you can write in it. It's a so notebook. There you go. All right. uh, start collecting Tyranid Box, something you might want to get too. There you, you go. Not that try actually. That journal at all. I, the Start Collecting thing is cool. The you start get, what are you collecting. getting on that? You're getting some warriors? I don't even remember what's in it. I don't remember what's in it. You should it. look it up. I don't it's know. Tiered, it's, it's all it's good new. Stuff. It is new. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not new models. It's just new. It's it's not the old Star Collection. It's a new tiered. collection of stuff, which is pretty cool. Yep. Well, the Tyranny Codex is uh, it's a home run. It's a great book. Uh, it's getting really good reviews already online. Um, I love it. Uh, played it quite a bit, obviously, throughout the testing process. And then recently, it's, whenever we come, whenever we, like a book comes out, it's almost like relearning it because it's been a while since we touched it. And... Been having a really, really good time playing the Tyranid Codex, and we wanted to jump in the chat, answer any questions you might have, and uh, also talk about our experiences with it. So we just filmed a video about rep. <clears throat> it was myself versus the uh, Rhino, and uh, Pablo brought kind of an interesting Ultramarines army, and I brought an interesting Tyranid army, and we wanted to show, my goal, my objective with it was to show that you could take, you know, quote-unquote bad units or units that are not being talked about or hyped up, 
and you could still, uh, well, maybe you have to wait and see the video, mm -hmm. but uh, see how it performs. Because what I found with the Tyranid Codex and all the games that we've played is that you can s literally almost close your eyes and pick units at random and put up a good fight, if not win the game. So I, t I played uh, Jormungandr, which is my favorite high fleet. Um, I do like them all, though. They're really, inter I feel like there's a lot of internal balance with them. And uh, I like Behemoth a lot, too. You like Kraken. Mm -hmm. um, but with Jormungandr, you have some really cool tricks that you can do, and that always appeals to me. I like, <clears throat> like kind of like fin finesse-style play. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I took, I didn't take any Hormagons. I didn't take any Gene Slayers. I didn't take a Broodlord. I didn't take a Fly Rant. I didn't take a Hive Tyrant. Um, I took, you know, Tyranid Warriors and, and uh, fun stuff like that. So make sure to tune in at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on our YouTube channel to catch that game. And uh, the Rhino did as he do. He mm -hmm. played uh, Guillemin Gunline with lots and lots of artillery. So um, high-powered list. The only thing in there that was like a little weird, I guess, was the uh, um, Land Raider uh, Achilles. But that thing is nasty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a 19 wounds, 2 up, 4 plus plus four multi-meltas and a quad launcher. So certainly not bad. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, and then uh, Frankie, what are, uh, what are your thoughts? I know you didn't play the Tyranids nearly as much as I did, but you have had a chance to play them uh, a few times. What are your thoughts on the Tyranid Codex in regards to uh, competitive play? Well, I think it's definitely going to be one of the contenders uh, for the rest of the season. Um, it's super strong, like you were saying. You can pick any unit and you'll do pretty well. Um, and then the high fleets really complement each other uh, extremely well. Like you take one detachment of Kraken, one detachment of Behemoth or something like that, and they work well together. So I think it's going to it's gonna be really strong and it's going to be interesting to see the lists out there because I don't think there's going to be one list that dominates all like we're seeing with some of the codexes. I think this one is going to have a lot of different variations, which is going to be really cool. Well, the thing, like that's a good point to make is to your first point, Tyranids, I think, more than any other army we've seen so far, are they? you really want to take lots of different high fleets. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, in the army I played, it was all Jormungandr. I had three detachments, but they were all the same because I wanted all their abilities to overlap over one another. Mm -hmm. But you, you with, with Tyranids, it really sets you up like, oh, I really want to take a spearhead detachment with Kronos, which lets me reroll once to hit if I hold still because it's just so obviously good for things like the Exocrine, Biovores, uh, the Tyrann effects, Hive Guard, all of whom are really effective shooting units. Yeah. But then you'll look at another one like Behemoth, which gives you rerolls to charge and has some really powerful offensive melee warlord traits and relics. And you're like, oh, I really want to take that with like Gene Stealers or with a, 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 a melee fly rent, which by the way, that's a really, that's a thing now. Like that was a joke almost in editions past. A flying Hive tournament geared up for melee is terrifying now. Um, and then you're like, oh, I really want those those traits. Or you're like, uh, Kraken would be really good because you can uh, roll 3d6, take the highest for your assault or your advance move, and you can leave combat and still charge, which is so freaking powerful. So you're like, oh, I might want another detachment with that. Or Jormungandr, which is my favorite, which if you only uh, if you don't advance or charge, you get uh, plus one to your save. Um, that combined with minus one to hit dramatically increases your defense. And then you can take a mid-range bug army that just walks forward and shoots you. So it's really, really cool. Like, there's a lot of different ways to play. And like you said, I don't think that, well, knowing the internet community, there will be one list that is considered to be the best, but it's just not necessarily true. Yeah. Uh, it's not true with the other codexes either. It's just that people kind of 
they get stuck in groupthink, you know. Everyone's like, this is the best way to play this deck. So everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> and it becomes this weird self-reinforcing like loop right. where like someone will put up a new idea and everyone's like, this does not match what I've been told is right. So I'm going to say that it's bad so that it makes me look like I'm smarter than you or <laughs> yeah. whatever. It's like, this is not the case. But um, yeah, everything looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, pretty much throughout the board on uh, or across the board in eighth edition, you really can bring what you like. And you're gonna do pretty well, you know. Like, there's nothing. Sure, there's a couple like stinkers here and there, but like, just same with the Tyranid Codex. Like, you know, play what you want to play, and just tailor. You know, use the stratagems, use the warlord traits, use the um, the high fleet special rules uh, to boost what you already have. You know what I mean? And so, this is the best edition so far with like things that you would never see. Like, what are like some like Exocrine or what, what are the other things that the big monster with the tentacles coming out of his mouth? Oh, the, never, the, the uh, Toxicrine. Right, you never saw that thing. You know, I forgot they even had that. But now yeah. you have it, bring it, and or it's going to be pretty or good. the Maliceptor. Yeah, the, the Maliceptor was right, like comically like, bad. Right. And he, the Maliceptor still is like, I, I would say it's it's better than it's ever been. Right. But when it, what the, really what you want to do with it is drop down and then it, it pulses out mortal wounds. So uh, Tyranids have more options for mortal wounds than I think any other codex, especially got the Neurothrope, their new HQ. That is a beast of a model. 70 points, three plus plus. It can do two mortal wounds. Is that based off, which kit is that based off? The, the, uh, the uh, zone throw. Zone throw, He's okay. like a character zone throw is HQ. Okay. But he can do Psychic Scream, which mm -hmm. is a D3 mortal wounds. But if you kill a model, it does another D3 mortal wounds to the unit. Mm -hmm. And then he can hit you with Smite too. Nice. So he could do he could do three D three mortal wounds, right. and he's just like a little HQ with a three plus plus that floats around blasting people. Well, it's like that that old named uh, zone throw. Yeah, right? he's supposed to replace uh, the Doom of, name. the Doom the of Doom. Valentine. God, that guy. Do you remember that YouTube that video? The Doom. Do you remember the YouTube video with um, Hitler talking about the Doom the of Valentine? And I was like losing his shit. Oh what was that special God, was rule they used to have? The drug? It was fifth edition. He just pulsed out damage, and he, and he, he was died, but he right? gained wounds. Right. Yeah. And the the neurothrope does that every time for every wound he does, for every model he kills with smite, he gets a wound back. Okay. The thing is, he never gets hit because he's a character, so he's just like. So he's like surrounded by others' uh, zone throws or other models. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he lets himself and other zone throws reroll ones on the psychic check. Right. He's an incredibly good HQ. Yeah. Incredibly. Can those deep strike or no? Um, with Jormungandr, you can. Then they can I, go into a pod. You can go into a pod. But you, pod. you wouldn't want to put him in a pod because it would just be him by himself. Got it. It's not worth it. Okay. But the cool thing about Jormungandr is that their strategy is you can put any infantry model, and I believe he is infantry. I don't think there's a restriction on the fly keyword. Mm -hmm. But you can put any infantry model in reserve, mm -hmm. and then when you have a burrowing unit pop up onto the table... Raveners, Trigon, Trigon Prime, or Moloch, mm -hmm. any number of units that you put in reserves can come up with them. Nice. So what I uh, uh, what I like to do is I'll have like shit tons of like Tyranid Warriors, mm -hmm. uh, Tyranid Prime, you can put HQs that are infantry, mm -hmm. uh, and then you can keep them off the table safe from Alpha Strike. Right. Your units pop up and then they come up where... where or like Hormigons. Yeah, hor yeah. The, the Trigon, Hormigon like popping up combo is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, it, people already do it. Yeah. Works especially good with Behemoth. You give him Adrenal Glands for plus one to the charge and then you get a reroll. Wow. A reroll charge for an eight is actually pretty good odds mm -hmm. to make it. And with uh, Behemoth, the way you want to play them is with like 10 of those popping up. Like yeah. you want shit coming from every direction 
and not all of them will make the charge, but like like I can't remember the math off the top of my head, but like forty percent of them mm-hmm. will make it into combat, screw your opponent up, and then the next wave comes in after them. It, it's really fun. But I think what you're gathering from this is that there's a million different ways to play Tyranids. Yeah, there's no right way. There's no yeah. wrong way. Take what you have off the shelf, dust it off, and try it. Yeah. 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 Trust your, and like we said like a million times, like, trust your instincts. You don't need anybody to validate your list. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's fun to pop on, like, what do you think about my list? Like, we do it internally. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes when we're working, we'll take a break, and, like, somebody will be like, what do you think about this? But you don't need anybody else to tell you that your ideas are good or bad, right? Just, if you want to do it, do it. Like, Tyranny Warriors are freaking rad now. Yeah. Like, they're 20 points base. For a three wound model, and yeah. especially if you have a tune of prime, or you know, again, your Yomagonder, mm-hmm. if you're walking around shooting, they have a three up save. Yeah. Um, and if you have a Malanthrope or you know, Venomthrope to your mind, they're minus one hit, they're super tough. Like, I, if you give them Death Spitters, they basically have a heavy bolter. Mm-hmm. You're just walking around blasting shit. You know, it's, it's really fun. They have incredible stratagems, um, allowing an infantry unit to shoot twice. It works really well with Tyranian Warriors. You take a unit of nine, mm-hmm. or you take a unit of 30 Gaunts with Devourers. They shoot 180 strength four shots. It's a couple. Pretty good. Rerolling ones to wound naturally, they self buff. If you have a, a Turbogon nearby, they reroll ones to hit. It's pretty deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a million, million cool things. But uh, Jason, you read up on the new Carnifexes. Why don't you share some of that information? Because I think that's the coolest thing in the book is how there's three, well, four different kinds of Carnifexes now. Right. Um, I mean, I, I skimmed on it, but I was surprised. I was happy to see that Carnifex is for eight. First of all, it wasn't a sign. I just did it. Um, but Carnifex is you rarely saw in previous editions, right? Which is always a bummer because it's such an iconic, classic uh, Tyranid model. I mean, you think of Tyranids, it's Carnifex. We never see him. He's just weren't that great. Um, but uh, with some of the new, what are they, the, um, the biomorphs that they can take, mm-hmm. uh, it makes them a lot better. We were talking about the, the new one that just came out, uh, or the new... What is it? The um, well, there, there's a Carnifex. The two, the two new yeah. ones. The Thornback Screamer, and the Screamer Killer. Killer. Yeah. And so uh, you said the Thornback would be really good with the the Daka shooting because they're getting the, uh, the plus one to hit, right? So they think on threes. So all Carnifexes get plus one to hit when they charge. And right. uh, but the the Thornback, in my opinion, is the best for taking a melee weapon and a shooting weapon mm-hmm. because the Thornback gets does D three mortal wounds on the charge on a four plus. Right. And then he does, he keeps doing on a six up, he does more wounds to units nearby in the melee. Right. Um, so I feel like if you want to do a mix of both, he's the best one. Because mm-hmm. you can give him enhanced senses as well, which gives you plus one ballistic skill. Right. So, so now, if you gave a Carnifex like a, a, tr- a true DAC effects, mm-hmm. he'd have 24 strength six shots. Right. Because he gets a Devourer, a Devourer, another one, another one, mm-hmm. or a Despiner, which is strength seven AP one, 24 inch range. Half the shots, but that plus one AP in the range, I think it actually makes it a very close call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Screamer Killer, based off of the original Carnifex, if everybody remembers the Give Me a Hug, crabby yeah. one, he spits plasma and he has two sets of scyth- uh, monstrous scything talons. Right. Uh, they're just freaking good. Oh, and then right. the Screamer Killer gets uh, Sporosis, which makes him minus one hit on his own. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stack with uh, Malanthropes or Venomthropes. Yeah. That'd be a bit much. But it's just amazing. The Screamer Killer is like so completely self-sufficient. You just take a couple of them, and they're cheap as hell. Mm-hmm. Just have them run up a flank by themselves. If you have Old One-Eye nearby, they get plus one to hit in melee. Right. And he's now a character with nine wounds, so he can hide. So it goes into the whole theme again with 8th edition, is that you're going to be seeing uh, all these models that you just haven't seen in years and years and years. It's kind of like a renaissance, really. It's fun. Like It's, yeah. it's like going back to 4th edition or even you know, before, 
you know, you're seeing Corn Berserkers again. You're seeing Carnifexes. It's really cool to watch, to see this. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody out there had like nine Carnifexes and they're like, yeah, yeah. Now you time can do, has come. Yeah. You can do an all Carnifex army now. You can literally take, you can take yeah. Old One-Eye and then you can take a heavy support detachment where you do units of three Carnifexes. Mm -hmm. Now, when you put them on the table, they deploy as one, but then they act independently. You'd have like a four drop army. <laughs> that would be a cool army though. Actually, it would be more because the Carnifex is even fully, like a Thornback fully kitted out is still only like 120 points. How many wounds do they have? Eight, uh, eight wounds each? Yeah. They, they, I mean, if you if you folk, if you shoot a couple last cannons at them, you're, you're going to kill them. Right. But they, who cares? For the points that you're getting, they're right. so worth it. And the way I like to play them is I take like three or more. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just, I go up the table shooting. Mm -hmm. And then once I get close, you charge, you do those mortal wounds. They have three damage attacks. Um, and they do die, but event I usually have one or two of them that make it all the way across the table. And my opponent's shooting them. I don't care really that they die. Right. You know, you're a Tyranid. You're just going to recycle them. You're going to scoop them, scoop them up, throw them back in the, in the pit, cook up some more. Um, it's just a blast, man. And I think one of the most exciting changes, too, is that uh, Flying Hive Tyrants are now absolutely amazing again. And they're not just a DACA Flyer, which, again, you get 24 strength 6 shots or 12 uh, strength 7 shots, and they've mm -hmm. got all kinds of relic um, guns, is that you can play them with a mix of melee and shooting or all melee, and they're, they're exceptional. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people are making the argument that you could take two for roughly the cost of a Swarm Lord and a, a pod, and they, they think it's actually better. Yeah. So on a mathematical basis, it is. But Swarm Lord gives you so many tactical advantages. The double move power is... Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ridiculous. double move is ridiculous. It's, it's a game-winning ability. Um, let's jump in the chat and see if you have any questions about the Tyranids. Because it's just there's too much information yeah. to cover. Tyranids specific, not mustache. Well, you could ask mustache questions. Dang too. it. How's the caterpillar? Uh, ah. Stir Crazy says he's really glad he got 50 Hormigons. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Tyranids, what they're, one of the things they do extremely well is board control. They've always been good at that. But right now, especially Termagants and Hormigons are just so freaking good. Because 8th edition competitive meta, a lot of it's about these like dick punches out of reserves. Mm -hmm. That's like a big tactic that you see in every good army um and tyranids can blunt that that uh that punch i think better than pretty much anybody um besides brimstone horrors um you throw out if you want to take a battalion and you take three units of 30 um hormigons that's only 450 points and you have 90 bodies that are super fast they're cheap enough that you can throw them away and they're actually pretty decent in melee too um, or you take a bunch of Termagants. Termagants have a bunch of different stratagems that help them out. One of my favorites is the one where as you kill them on a six, they do a mortal wound to you. So like a unit of Berserkers goes into 30 Termagants to clear the screen, and half of them die on the, way, uh, on the way through it. It's amazing. You're like, good job, little guys. Right. <laughs> That's all you would have killed anyway if I would have gotten a swing. So there's all these little things like that. Or like plus one to wound with um, uh, flesh bores and flesh bore hives. Uh, God, every unit's so much better. The Tyrann effects is a freaking ridiculous now with that. Nice. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Again, it's just exciting to see all the stuff that in 7th edition we just didn't see. For years we didn't see it because it was quote-unquote not good. Yeah. And people, you just not sell them, you not see them. It was like when Age of Sigmar came out. Like all yeah. of a sudden, people are using stuff that you're like, I forgot these were even models. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's just really part of the whole experience. It's really cool. They're really good. Eldred Jr., wait for uh, GW to FAQ the Eldar Codex. Uh, I would imagine that's coming soon. Uh, Archon 91 is an all shooting Tyranid army viable. Now, it's not only viable, I actually think it's, it might even be the better way to play them. Um, to be honest, 
because what you, you take um, Termagon screens, and I like using a Turbogon. I know the internet's really down on the Turbogon, and you can make a pretty good argument instead of taking a Turbogon, taking, you know, 60 more Gons, and that's, that totally works. But, like, say if you want to play a shooty bug list, take, like, 30 to 60 Termagons, do a double bubble with two layers of screen, uh, take some Ripper Swarms to go grab objectives, and then you just set up a Kronos shooting army in the back with Exocrines. Biovores are ridiculously good. The Tyrant effects is crazy. The Tyrant effects, if you hold still, shoots twice. So he could get six. Wow. Dude, the Rupture Cannon got a ridiculous buff. Oh, what's up, Kenny? <laughs> Yo, Yo, dog. Oh, amazing. Kenny, you should get that tattooed on your biceps. You so. should, dude. And it was good yeah. having you at the SoCal Open, man. I'm glad okay. you came and had a good time. Yeah. And nice haircut. Yeah. The, the long mane. Is no, no, he got a haircut. Very man. Oh, did he? Um, but the Tyrannifix now, the Rupture Cannon, is uh, three shots, strength 10, AP3, D6 damage. So, yeah. yes, you heard that right. If you hold still, you shoot six times. It's like six super last cannon shots we rolling ones to hit. Wow. Yeah. Getting now, frontline gaming at a good discount. <laughs> well, he it sounds only, amazing. Uh, yeah. he, he only has BS4, so it's, eh. not, it's not insane. So with re-rolling ones to hit, you should get four, yeah. 3.5 hits. Um, the Exocrine shoots twice. Frankie was blasting me to bits with the Exocrine, as you saw in our last uh, video battle report. Nice. But um, the, the, the Hive Guard are incredible because they can use the stratagem to shoot twice. The, the, those guys, will you, they don't need line of sight. You just hide them behind a wall. Yeah. And it's like blowing people away. Uh, I think Biovores are one of the best shooting units in the game because of what you can do with the Spore Mines when you miss. Yeah. Um, uh, Tyranid Warriors are incredible now. Um, you can go double bone swords to give them um, multiple oh, attacks. Yeah, I personally like the Despitter bone sword combo. Yeah, because the Despitter, which yeah. well, the Devourer is their you know main weapon. But right. I've always played them with Despitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you just walk up the table with a Tyranid Prime. They're hitting on threes and twos in combat. They each have a, basically a heavy bolter and you know kind a, a shittier power sword. Yeah, but. They're, they get so many freaking attacks. Yeah, what are they? Strength is four. Strength four? Yeah, strength four, AP two, but they get four attacks each and they hit on twos. Right. So they go chop chop. They'll go, they'll go kick your ass. They'll take you're out. You're you know, definitely forgetting about Kronos and their anti-psycho abilities. Oh, what else you talk about? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's best on a Flyrant or a, a Trigon Prime like you did. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you can get into your opponent's face really quick. Uh, but they have a stratagem to where your opponent only gets to roll one dice for a psychic check. It shuts down psychic powers, which is extremely powerful. And don't forget the um, warlord trait. Yeah, and then their warlord trait, uh, if you deny the witch of any power that somebody casts, uh, they take D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> I think it's if they just fail, or no, if you notice they deny the witch. Yeah. So you put it on a, high, a fly rent, you drop down, and one of my favorite tactics is I drop down a fly rent, and then I take usually like 10 to 15 gargoyles, and yeah. I drop them in a circle around them because they can take smite, and then they'll take a charge for the big guy. And, like, if you don't kill every single one of them, they'll just fly away with him. And then they go jump on an objective in my opponent's backfield. Yeah. And he just drops down and, like, double um, double Despiter or double Devourer plus a Smite and Psychic Scream. The Flyerant drops down and just starts blasting things to pieces. Nice. And then you can, uh, you know, shut down their Psychic checks, all that fun stuff. Um, and, like, he doesn't take advantage of the reroll once to hit because he's always moving, but who cares, right? He's shutting down... Like, if you shut down um, uh, uh, Warp Time or Prescience uh, or Magnus's 3++, that can literally win you the game. Yeah. And, like, all it takes is that one turn to do it. 
It's like, oh, here comes Magnus. He's getting ready to go. Burr, 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 burr. And he took D3 mortal wounds. Or he can't cast uh, Wolf Time. But uh, stopping that from happening, that, that, that at that moment, often in a competitive game, you, win, you won the game. You know, it's that good. Um, God, Tyrants are freaking amazing, man. Kronos is the best one for shooting, I think, uh, Kenny. But I, I actually think Jormungandr is the best all-around high fleet, in my opinion. Because it gives you defense and mobility. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I think it's better for the big bugs um, than it is for the little bugs. Well, that, right. Going up to a 5-plus on a little bugs, it literally doubles the number of saves you make against small arms fire. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I think the other ones benefit the little bugs a little bit more. Um, like, like the reroll charges or leaving yeah. combat and still charging yeah. uh, or rolling 3d6 for their runs and getting the extra or picking the highest. Like it's really powerful for things like gene stealers and hormigons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the plus one save is great for like a screen unit like a termagant. And that's what, like I, that's what I usually use them for. Because um, like hormigons are going to be advancing usually, so it's like they're not yeah. going to get advan take advantage of it. But I, I honestly don't think that there's like one overall best one out of the high fleets. I think there's like three that are like equally as good. It just really depends on what kind of army you're making. So. Yeah, it's – dude, It's that's the, the beauty of it, right? Like with Eldar – Everybody kind of jumped on Alay Talk, right? For, for good reason. Alay Talk, it is. It, it may be the best craft world um, out there, but uh, some of them definitely kind of lag behind. Like, um, Saim Han is, is good in a very specific army build, like if you're playing Shining Spears and Jet Bikes. Yeah. And it's just, it really isn't as good. Like, oh, I want to play a shooting Eldar army. Well, you're never going to take uh, Saim Han. But I guess that's the true experience, too. Um, and I still get people who are telling me I'm an idiot because I think Biltan is good. When I've won almost every game I've played with them, but uh, um, or Eandon, like a lot of people are down on Eandon, I think they're freaking great. But whatever. But with Tyranids, I think like you're seeing pretty much everyone is in agreement that the high fleets they're all good. Yeah. Like you really have great options in all of the high fleets, uh, and I think that's that's really um, the best part about the book. You know, yep. like you take Behemoth, I want to reroll charges. Oh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, just even the six up feel no pain on Nids is amazing. You know, especially if you're done running hordes of little bugs. Uh, and also, we want to uh, announce In Control, fan favorite, Ooh. big old jerk, and in the chat right now. Mm -hmm. Also a good friend of ours. He will be here next week. And uh, we're going to be uh, filming a video about rep with the Nids, um, doing a review with In Control, who's like a fanatical tyranny player. And we're going to be trying to get a couple stream games in, at least one, mm -hmm. uh, featuring uh, In Control. Definitely going to probably lose because he's not very good. Ooh. Yeah. We'll put him up against Larry. I don't know if he's ready for the Larry. Yeah. Jersey Larry is a legend. <laughs> we might give you a stash ride and let you play Ooh. Freddie Mercury. I, I don't know. He's lucky. I don't know if he's ready. For that. I mean, he only went 5-1 and one at Nova with the it's Index. True. I and play so rarely, though. He's not. That, I mean, like, that one loss tells a lot. I think know? I'm undefeated, right? Uh, but no, that would be really fun. We can't wait to have Jeff. He's he's coming all the way down from the Northern California, so it's, we're really excited to have him. Um, mm -hmm. And it's going to be a good time. We're going to show off the nits. Maybe we'll feed him to Frankie. Although, Frankie, the last time we played, I did beat that ass. Hmm. Is that yeah, true? in our test game. You haven't beat me on camera in like 10 in like, years. In like a decade. Ten years. I know. <laughs> but every time we play off camera, it's like not the same way. Yeah, but, but those aren't real games. Okay. They're not being documented. Okay. Nobody cares. But just, just so, because everyone's been saying, like, oh, I think Eldar aren't good because they're not winning in video battle reports. No, they're exceptional. They're so yeah. good. And uh, Frankie had a really interesting Nurgle Chaos Army that you played. 
Um, you should tell people about that damn plank toad unit. That was crazy. And um, he had, it was a hardcore list. And uh, the Eldar, um, I, I did beat him with Beel Tan, but it, it was a really fun game. Um, yeah. No, that freaking Plague Toad unit is ridiculous. It's quite good. You have nine Plague Toads. They're, it's like 45 wounds. They're minus one to hit with a five plus plus and a five up feel no pain. And they kick your ass in combat. I was like, what the fuck? Heck yeah. But then I quickly found out Plague Bearers are not that great. Mm. The Plague Bearers got beat up by 15 Aspect Warriors. <laughs> the Striking Scorpion's like, oh. Yeah. This is easy. <laughs> but they're pretty good, though, right? I mean, Striking Scorpions. Striking Scorpions are yeah. really good. Now, right? again, yeah. back into the theme, 8th edition, you see things that you've never seen since 4th edition, at least. Striking yeah. Scorpions. Yeah. Striking Scorpions are, are awesome because they, they can deep strike. They do mortal wounds. The Ezark has exploding sixes with a power fist. It's not minus one to hit. The regular guys, they don't really do that much damage. But if you roll hot with their um, Manda Blasters, they're incredible. Yeah. In my uh, first league game, I killed a Castellan robot. <laughs> I was like, sixes, yeah! <laughs> it was great. Oh, brother. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, back to the notes. Yeah. So we'll talk more about the Tuner Codex. Obviously, that was a little bit all over yeah, the place. But it's the, not. This weekend's the release weekend, correct? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's too much to talk. Like, we, it would be a four-hour podcast to go over the book. Like, there's yeah. so much. It's a it. big. Yeah. It's, it's like the Ashton Militarum one. Yeah. Yeah. And right and in eighth edition, there's so much depth. Like to 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 really talk about it, you got to talk about the unit interactions, mm-hmm. and that, that takes time. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to go read a more in-depth review, please go to frontlinegaming.org. And I am slowly, I apologize, I've just been keep getting hit sidetracked with things, doing a review of the whole codex. And uh, so far, we are through special rules in HQ. All right. <laughs> Almost there. I got it. What about fluff? Tyranids uh, like to eat stuff. There you they go. eat things. Mm. Gobble, they gobble. destroy worlds. <laughs> yum yum yum. They just—that's all they do. Yum yum yum. They just eat worlds. I just want eat eat eat. Yeah, they're galactic. The Galactus of the uh, the Warhammer 40k universe. There you go. Except they Sum it up. That's it. I get in the Lictor is their herald. Yeah, he's he a silver in, surfer. He comes in on a surfboard. Done. Done. <laughs> Summed uh, it up in one sentence. Yeah, and Lictors are a little tough. They only take them in units of one. That was kind of. But they just—they're getting buffed. They—they they don't have instinctive behavior. Well, and they have like a million uh, stratagems to try. This is on the Warhammer uh, front page, by the way. Yeah. So you can yep. see it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's because it's because they come in a box of one. Well, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, okay. Streamline. Um, and in other non-Tyranid news, but they like to kill Tyranids. Yep. There are new Forge World Space Wolf Cataphracty Terminators coming out, and these are freaking amazing. This took me by surprise because I was like, oh yeah, there's a 30k game. Yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> I'm surprised that they're still making stuff for it. But oh, I guess it's still really popular. Um, it's pretty funny that they all have chain axes. Dude, they look They look amazing. Awesome. They look really yeah. good. They look Jokes like Jokes aside about the popularity of the game. They look like Vikings in freaking cataphracty armor, like more so than I think ever before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really cool. The one thing that I wish they would they would put on the Space Wolf 30K models is that in the the books, the heresy novels, they talk about how they a lot of them won't wear helmets and stuff, but they'll wear like leather face masks and stuff like that. Um, but oh, they like don't... an old timey football helmet. Well, no, that's it was like the Nordic culture, like yeah, like like. Um, oh, it's hard to describe it. Yeah, but they're like leather face masks with like that were like uh, stylized. Um, but you don't see any models with that from Forge World, unfortunately. Ah, so leatherheads. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, in in other news, non Forge World related, but related to uh, Las Vegas Open, and uh, that mustache with a leather Woo! mask. I'm picturing it now. No. Does it have a zip in the front? It has a zip, zip for in the, the back. For the mouth. <laughs> to unveil the mustache. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like a Care Bear stare, uh, but much darker. You know, Handsome Dave does not get this type of abuse, and he has a mustache. That's because he That's is a police he, officer. And he has a good looking He's mustache. He's also good looking. And he's man. a handsome man. You yeah. are none of those I things. have none of that going for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, still, the point stands. Uh, so, big announcement for the Las Vegas Open after <laughs> took us way longer than we expected, yeah. but it is well worth the wait. I think you all will agree. The Las Vegas Open hobby lineup is now available. We are really, really increasing what we have to offer in terms of hobby. Mm -hmm. And we're really excited about this. So we have some, uh, we changed direction with the way we're going to be doing our paint classes. In the past, we really tried to accommodate uh, people that are going to events, just kind of sneaking them in here and there. And it, it, it didn't work that well because the tournaments are so intensive. It doesn't leave you with much time. So the people that are going to come and take a painting class, we decided to really ramp up what the painting classes are going to be. So these are hours long, super intensive classes with absolutely expert teachers. And when I throw one of the, the, the headliners, so to speak, out there, yes. you'll understand what I'm talking about. And these classes are more expensive than they've been in the past, but that's because you're getting a lot more. In a lot of these classes, you're getting a miniature that you get to keep. Uh, a lot of them are custom and one-off. Uh, a lot of times you're gonna get to be able to keep all kinds of crazy stuff, paintbrushes, so you're getting a lot more for the ticket than just the instruction, although the instruction alone is worth the price of admission, like when you're getting a class from, say, Angel Geraldes. Hey, we can finally make that announcement. Finally. <laughs> We've been working on this for quite some Such time. Such a big deal that we just have not been able to say it. Yeah, so he's on board. He loved, yep. He's super excited to come. Really cool dude. Yep. He's flying out from Spain. For those of you who may not know that name, he is arguably the most famous miniatures painter yeah. in the world. Super hunk. <laughs> he's a great, great looking guy. Apparently, he likes to have a good time too. He's excited yeah. to come to Vegas and enjoy uh, enjoy what that has to offer. And uh, he is famous for painting infinity models. Mm -hmm. That's sort of his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, although he's obviously proficient in all aspects of the hobby. Yeah, like uh, he he mainly like brought um, airbrushing to the mainstream and he like, helped a lot. Like made it yeah. like into an art form. Yeah. yeah. Although I mean, of course, there's other people who are expert airbrushers. Right. I mean. Right. Kenny in the chat right there is also one of he's, yes, Kenny he's, he's known yeah. for that. Yeah. But uh, Angel definitely pushed it. Yes. And uh, he's extraordinarily skilled. This is a rare opportunity. He does not come to the United States that often. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you do want to go, his classes tend to sell out like really, really quickly. Like at Adepticon, the classes are usually gone in minutes. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch of other incredibly talented artists in there. Um, uh, is Duncan going to be doing it? Duncan will be there, as I understand it. Correct? I believe so. I believe Duncan yeah. is coming from Games Workshop. He's got to kind of do his own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is These are independent artists. Uh, I think Games Workshop is bringing somebody else uh, that is similar to Duncan to come and do a paint class. Oh, it's, so. it's the guy who taught Duncan. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. the grandmaster. The master of the master. Nice. Yes. And uh, it's going to be really, really cool. So please follow the link go through into the um, the outline that explains how all these classes work. They're usually, each artist is usually teaching two classes a day. They're like, they're up to four hours in length. Some of them are even longer than that. Like I said, these are really intensive classes. You're gonna learn a lot. So if you have a Sunday free or Friday you're not playing or whatever, uh, take a look at and participating in some of the hobby classes. So we're gonna have a huge area partitioned off just for hobby stuff. And you're gonna be able to go in, check it out, there's going to be uh, Artist Alley, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And there's a couple ways to participate. You can either go take the classes, which we talked about, or you can buy the $15 hobby access ticket. And what this gets you access to is speed painting competitions. 
uh, paint and takes where you get to paint a really cool miniature and keep it. Uh, there's meet and greets with the artists, including Ann Hill. Uh, and then there's also the LVO painting competition, which it, it gets you access to this competition. Uh, yes, we are charging this year and years past. It was too much work to do it for free. Yeah, um, a lot. Of it, it's a lot of work, and uh, it just didn't make sense. We needed to uh, change the way we did it. So the ticket also gets you access to the painting competition. This is the the first year of the Las Vegas Open Painting Championship. We kind of did it last year when we had to take over for the group that um, wasn't able to follow through on their commitment. And uh, so I guess it's kind of the second annual, but it's the first time it's actually organized in advance. Yay. And uh, this year, it's good. we're really going to push this. Uh, the Las Vegas Open Painting Championship, we want it to be just as cool and exciting as the 40K Main Event Championship. And in order to spice the pot, we are offering a $500 cash prize to the person that wins the first annual Las Vegas Open Painting Championship. So if you want to participate, make sure to grab that, uh, that, that ticket. Go read the outline, the rules for the painting uh, championship. Like, what kind of models can you submit? What are the categories and all that fun stuff? And uh, you're going to get judged by some of the best painters in the world. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Cool. And then, of course, you can just walk in with your con badge and check out the painting area and see yep. all the cool minis if you want to. Part of the part of the price. Part of the price. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the speed painting competition is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see that because I've never actually seen one in person. Uh, and the paint and takes, obviously, you get to keep the miniatures. Right. Which is good if you're if you're coming out and your family's coming and, yeah. you know, you have some kids with you or, or your spouse. And make sure they're um, old enough to actually, you know, this isn't babysitting. Make sure that they right. can actually. But it's, it's activities that they can partake in. Yeah. Which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. So that's exciting stuff. I hope you guys are pumped. We've been working on this for months and finally brought it all together. Can't wait to see it in action. All right. So the FLG League is off and running. And we actually jumped up to 22 players. Ooh. Uh, after the cutoff, but it's the first the first league, so that's to be expected. Yeah, uh, and we're really excited. Twenty two is more than I thought we were even going to get. Yeah, we kind of yeah. really did this off the cuff, so it's nice to to see that response and um, yeah, four being so like I said, just yeah, not thrown together, but more like hey, we're doing this. You well, know? we've been talking about yeah. it for like years, but we finally just said hey, let's just do this. Yeah, and uh, it's been super fun. Last Saturday was a blast. A ton of people came over to FLG. Obviously, people were browsing the secondhand shop, got some really, really good deals. Yeah. And uh, you can obviously browse our normal inventory, which is at a discount. Mm -hmm. But it was really, it was just super fun. Everyone was hanging out, um, either hobbying and doing some painting or playing their games. Mm -hmm. And everyone's super excited about the league. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. A couple of us got our first games in. Frankie, you got your first game in with yep. your sisters, and you played against a beautiful Jeans Healer Cool Army. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really fun. Uh, he brought the Malkador, I believe. He or, bought it from the secondhand yeah. shop. Yeah, he bought that day. And, and then, then used it that day. It, and then yeah. used it on the game. It was pretty fun. It was fully painted, yeah. fully painted Forge World model yeah. for cheaper than you could buy it, uh, you know, from Forge World because yeah. it was used. But uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. It was a Minotaur. A Minotaur, that's what it was, yeah. And then uh, well, how'd your game go? Oh, uh, it was really uh, really fun. Gene Stealer Colts, really cool. He rolled uh, sixes on both his Gene Stealer units, uh, which with a... Strike from the shadows, you get to infiltrate or you basically deep strike and then you get to move. So it's really powerful. He's able to charge in. Unfortunately, he was playing against my sisters of battle, which have a lot of flamers. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the gene stealers didn't last very long. <laughs> but uh, it was a really fun game. Andrew's a fun guy to play against, and uh, I'm looking forward to my game too. So, yeah, that, that was the best looking uh, game because your army is fully painted, his is fully painted, both yep. extremely high quality. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a really good looking game. And one of the other pictures that you see, uh, poor Pascal, 
uh, one of our, our painters, awesome dude, gorgeous, gorgeous army, uh, Nurgle demon engine themed chaos army. Uh, you've seen it on stream. He drew uh, Anthony, who's a super nice dude, but he plays a he plays a brutal Valhalla Astromilitarium list. He has Stormlord, a Shadow Sword, and a Baneblade, and a yep. bunch of conscripts. He's doing that list. <laughs> well, he's, to, to his credit, he's been playing this army for as long as I've known him, for years. That Stormlord uh, looks really familiar. Stormlord, is that yours? Yeah, I think he bought it from the secondhand shop at a discount. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That was it's my good. Stormlord yeah, it's that, good I, to see that, that I gave to you, and then you sold it like a jerk. Yeah, it's true. So, anyway, Anthony's day has come. He's been playing this exact same army forever, mm -hmm. and uh, he got first turn, and the Chaos Forces got to find out what the Relic of Lost Cadia does on a Shadow Sword. Uh, well, well, uh, <laughs> that didn't go very well, but that's okay. No, it was quite good. Yeah, then, he had a good time, though. It, it was yeah. a fun game. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I got to play my Beal Tan against a really nasty Admech Mars Stygis list mm -hmm. with a deep striking 20... Fulgrite Electro Priest that got first, won the roll to infiltrate, and deep struck into my backfield. Mm -hmm. Only thing that saved my ass was the redeploy stratagem from Eldar, and the Avatar managed to block them. Um, really, really good game. Uh, line of sight blocking terrain. Because yes. the robot unit never got to do the full strength shooting because right. they couldn't draw line of sight on me. Yep. That was the only thing that saved my ass yeah. on that one. Uh, really fun. Mm -hmm. So make sure to, we'll keep you guys updated on the league. And if anybody wants to come by Frontline Gaming this Saturday, uh, we're going to be here playing league games. Mm -hmm. And the secondhand shop inventory will be available. We had a ton of people come by and save some money. Yep. Uh, and if you want to just pick up some goodies at Frontline Gaming, the discount time. you can. Yeah. Yeah. So swing on by, say hello, um, check it out. If you're in the league, play a game. If you're in the San Diego area. Yeah, yeah. come by. And then you can pick up some secondhand shop items or regular items at a discount. So we got a bunch of ITC events coming up this weekend, including a major Warzone Atlanta. Ooh. And then there was a little confusion on that. Did we confirm that? that... I don't know. Okay. I, I believe so. So there was a little confusion on if it was an ITC event or not. Um, we don't know. We believe so because they did ask us to put us on, put them on the, the calendar. So that is showing us that they do want to participate. They registered as an ITC event. So I'm going to say, yeah, but there yeah. was a little confusion online. And just talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. And make sure to confirm that you will get your ITC points. And I, I'm 99% certain that that is the case, but there was a little bit of our confusion. Uh, but there is also a GT, the first annual 40K Clash for Vets tourney. Ooh. And that's in Paris, Apani, New Jersey. I wonder if Jersey Larry knows where that is. Or I think he, Jersey Larry, he knows. He, uh, it's his hometown. Yeah, he's yeah. probably friends with these guys. Speaking of Jersey Larry, Good he's my guys. first game. <laughs> In the league? Yeah. I'm oh, playing on Friday. Hey, you guys have been talking awesome. so much. It's going to be the bad, yeah. If you guys don't know, Jersey Larry is a guy who works here. He's um, some, some guy. And, uh, some dude. We, so we work in the same office, but like we were just talking shit <laughs> just all day long. Wait, <laughs> then Friday is just going to, I'm sure it's going to be like a very nice game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't you guys, pleasant, don't nice. you guys play each other? Round nice? two, You're Round son? two with Larry? No, me. with you. Oh. Give me that mustache. <laughs> Give me that mustache. I'm, my list is not that bad. I'm doing Mechanicum with Grey Knights. It's an interesting combo. I think you're gonna do. You're gonna definitely surprise people. Jason changes his list every week, so I can't change this one. Yeah, that's all I have. Those are all the models available to him. <laughs> yeah. And the Admech are not even yours. No. Yeah, I didn't want to do my guard with the Grey Knights, but it's you know time constraints. But I think it's gonna be. You're gonna catch people off guard, man. Like, I think so. Admech Grey Knights. Who's playing has, that combo? It has everything. Yeah. Like it literally has everything you need. I, I think it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah. And Frankie's not good. So. No. 
Not all I do is be like, Frankie, you have to read the sentence. He's like, Durr. to pass. So. It says I beat you. He's like, oh shucks. Oh, well, I'll talk darn. about it next week because my game's on on uh, Friday against nice. Larry. Yeah. Nice. That'll be fun. Uh, we have a couple of uh, Age of Sigmar events coming up. Uh, make sure to check the calendar and get out there and get those points, including Du Bois GT. Uh, that is an awesome event. That's I don't want to go to that. The 18th and the 19th uh, in upstate Just the New York. photos, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. It beautiful. does look amazing. It's like getting a big cabin thing. Ugh. And uh, that's coming up uh, mid-month. So if you're in the area, check it out if it's not already sold out. 40K ITC rankings, your current top 10. Not, Nick Nonavati continues to lead, uh, followed by Andrew Gagno, third place Matt Root. Tyler DeVry in fourth, Aaron Along in fifth, Sam Henley in sixth, Ian Andrew in seventh, Brandon Grant in eighth, hmm. Adrian Gennard in ninth, and Paul McKelvey in tenth. You know what I just realized? So anchoring the, that list. The top five are all ETC members. Yeah, well, I mean... That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? Like, well, those guys... Good players. Yeah. It's just the, it's and these guys the were in the top of the list in seventh edition yeah. as well. So the edition apparently doesn't matter. Yes. People who are actually just good at playing these types of games. They're and definitely I think, representing. I believe, if, I, if I remember correctly, we've got, yeah, we have some Canadian representation and some West Coasters. So we're doing good. And Midwest. We've got the whole country covered. Would it, would it be feasible for an international player ever to be on that because of the amount of... We, we've, had, uh, we've had international... The UK, there's, there's more and Probably more Probably the easier one, yeah. And we had an Aussie. The Aussies were winning the team yeah. competition all last year. Right. There, there's a ton of ITC events in Australia. In the UK, there's more and more and more and more. I'm always yeah. surprised at how popular we are in Australia. Like, we have so many people come out for the LVO. People come visit us here in San Diego. Like, we've um, had three people like, from Australia. There. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I know, it's awesome. Maybe because we're just rude and... <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about our Australian friends? <laughs> we're just crass. <laughs> Drink too much. I don't think you're doing us any favors right oh, now. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we just lost. All of our yeah. Now we just lost them all. Now yeah. we just got more. So like yeah. I love Australia <laughs> and I like Vegemite. Vegemite is disgusting. No, I ate it when Adrian was over here. He's like, try it. I was like, that's pretty good. Put a little butter on it. Yeah, just take the butter. Yeah. He put Vegemite inside of the spaghetti. Did he? Yeah. yeah. That's a bit much. It's that's a bit interesting. Much. It's not for me. Yeah. Uh, H. Sigma IDC rankings. Joe Cryer continues to lead the list from uh, Chicago, from Chi Town. Or no, he's not from Chicago. Uh, he's uh, from the Midwest. Still four or five events, huh? Michigan. He's from Michigan. I said that wrong. Uh, Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Vlad Nika in second. Sam Valdez in third. James Thomas fourth. Zach Lopez in fifth. Jarrett Zizueta in sixth. Alex Gonzalez in eighth. Uh, seventh. Thanks, Frankie, for screwing me up. Gotcha. Michael Birch in eighth. James Sutton in ninth. And Tyler Hamill in tenth. Uh, check this out. We got a couple of amazing commissions we have recently completed. Mm -hmm. The first is a uh, Shadespire Orc Warband or Iron Jaws Warband. Yep. Uh, that was painted by our studio. It looks freaking awesome. Yeah. If you guys have um, the Shadespire uh, bands that you want painted, hit us up because you can see it. this is a tabletop plus job. Lots of detail, checkered patterns, snow all over the base, all over the armor. It looks really fantastic. It does. And it's very affordable, even at the tabletop plus levels. So if you want. Your model's looking great on the board when you're playing against your buddies. Chase Fire. It's yeah. A, it's not very many miniatures either. So no, no not it's at all. Six at the most, right? Yeah. With Death. Mm -hmm. Seven. Seven. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, Stormcast is only three. Only three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have a uh, Star Drake for the Stormcast. This is Masterclass. And it's beautiful. Yeah. So our Masterclass service, as you can see, is very high standard. Um, some of the best artists in the country uh, do Masterclass for us. They're really fantastic. Uh, the Calidus Assassin that you see. Um, if you guys are listening live, you're not seeing it, but if you go to the show notes, they're on there. Um, that Calidus is also a master class. Um, lots of detail. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful. Yeah. 
That is a bit more pricey than Masterclass services, as you can see. But man, I mean, if you need a centerpiece done. Yeah, you get your money's worth. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, you guys are supposed to be seeing something. And Mariana, I actually did say we were going to be showing pictures during I, the stream. To be fair, I talk really fast. And we pay her to press the buttons. Press the picture button. And I'm hearing excuses. I want to see pictures oh, man. of dragons and assassins. There we go. Yay. So you guys all are seeing... she has to do is make all these machines work and press buttons. It's not like it's hard. Did she pray to the machine spirit? Definitely didn't. Uh... I'm sensing a pink slip coming at someone's desk. Pablo. Yep. Yep. We're going to fire Pablo to teach you, <laughs> to teach you a That's lesson. That's how we're making the announcement. And he has a baby. Yeah, you see how what happens, Mariana? You, you see, see what, what happens when you don't do what we ask? Yeah. We had to fire an innocent man with a kid. And yep. now his baby's going to starve. Starve. Starve to death because of you. And then she's going to train to become an assassin and come back to well, take out whole family. The dead kid? She's going to be a zombie assassin. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. That'd be a good series on mm -hmm. AMC. And then, Mariana, <laughs> there's more pictures than just one. Oh, okay, you got she, it. Yeah, she got it. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. You saved, your, you saved your life and your job. This time. But you're on the short list. Robot Fingers says list. Vegemite is disgusting, and he is right. I agree. Oh, come on. It's not. It did, it did not taste bad. It tasted fun. Uh, it just, it just yep. tastes like, like yeah. salt. They also have sausage sizzles where people get together and fry up hot dogs and stuff. That sounds like your kind of thing. It's true. Do I they love have, Do they have banana-eating contests? Because that would be where you, you would hang out, too. You go to a Sasha Sizzle, you drink, like, 40 beers. <laughs> I'm into it right? now. It's a good time. And uh, then who knows what happens because you, you black out. You don't call it a sausage <laughs> sizzle. That's what they call it. It's, it's like a sausage sizzler, mate. Uh, That's more like it. That's wow. pretty bad. Have, have Frankie try it because every one of his accents oh, is you, an Indian accent. You want to meet me at the, <laughs> at the sausage sizzler, mate? We'll go down and have some shrimps on the There's an Australian listening. Probably not now. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah I know. They just left. They're like, oh, God. Yeah, they're gone. We anyone. So I insulted a bunch of them. <laughs> and then you well, just I, made, I made, I made up for it because I was a dead dead accurate accent. You were as good mm -hmm. as Dick Van Dyke doing that uh, Cockney accent. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, River City Gaming says use Vegemite in moderation. And yes, I would suggest that. Somebody had also mentioned that Vegemite would get caught in your mustache. Stir Crazy says the best thing that comes from Australia are the women. Yep. That's true. Yeah, and, women. I mean, beautiful women everywhere. But Australia. the spiders. Spiders that'll eat you. I mean, is that the best thing? Literally eat you. Oh, yeah, Gasporo. The, the Vegemite didn't make it through his stash, and that's why he liked it, because he didn't mm. actually eat any of it. Just got caught in the filter. I was eating my my mustache hair. Ooh, Ooh, tasty. Nice. You need to have a stash bash with Pablo. Pablo, Pablo doesn't have a mustache. He, doesn't have, he has like a big old beard. A big Pablo, old beard. Pablo's stash is like a wispy dream of a stash. You have an actual an actual. You mustache. have an actual stash. This is an authoritative mustache. You got to ditch the, the flavor saying. I had a girl come up to me. She's like, are you yeah, a firefighter? I was like. Yes. yes. Do you want me to be? <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. What if, what if I say Whatever yes. you want. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for episode 569 of Signals from the Frontline. It's been great having you all uh, with us. Uh, buzzer beater question requisite. We are still waiting on the Shadespire player packet from Games Workshop. Uh, I will ping them again today and see if we can get it. But uh, that's, yeah. that's what we're waiting on. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much, and we hope you enjoyed the show. 
Make sure to tune in 9 a.m. Monday Pacific Standard Time to catch the latest video battle report Ultramarines versus uh, High Fleet Jormungandr. And we will see you all next week.